Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. This is the daily show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. My name is Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen. And let's get straight into the news. So the main thing, well, not really the main thing, but the first thing I wanted to talk about today was the fact that it's being reported by Geekosity that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire have signed on for a live action Spider-Verse film. So what does this mean? It can mean, um, well, first off, this is something that's been rumoured for quite a while. People have been talking about this for quite some time now. It's something that I am very, very interested in. It's something that actually I've been told by multiple people in the past. I actually have run a couple of stories akin to this saying that the the, the, the idea is to have a Spider-Verse movie kind of be like their end game. And that's what Mikey Sutton wrote in his, uh, his article over on Geekosity. If you can watch uh, sorry if you can uh, go and read their article then please do also read our article on small screen that'd be really cool if you could do that as well but it's just like it's one of those it's one of those things that it's kind of been in the pipeline for quite some time and i am really really looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing this so of course Tobey Maguire played uh, played Peter Parker and Spider-Man in the Sam Raimi movies then we have uh, Andrew Garfield who played him in the amazing Spider-Man films you know, they, they were kind of interesting versions. I really have a love for both of them. Personally, my favorite still will be Tom Holland. Let me know which one your your favorite Spider-Man is in the comments. Um, hi, TMA, by the way, over on, uh, on, on uh, the YouTube chat. So it's just, the idea of this is really exciting. I, I've been saying time and time again that I do not believe that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in Spider-Man 3. I've been told it's actually going to be later on. This kind of confirms that for me, that they're, they're will, they will be coming back in those versions as their respective versions of Spider-Man, but not in Spider-Man 3. Of course, I personally always thought that was a bit too much, having Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield... Um, and just a whole load of kind of other, uh, uh, other like Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in that as well, apparently. Uh, well, no, he is actually going to be in that. And then you've also you've got uh, Jamie Foxx as well, who is reportedly going to be in the film. But it's like it's just one of it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm really really looking forward to it. But it does, you know, it's 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 not it's it's not easy, and it's uh, it's just one of those things that uh, fingers crossed. It will happen. I I'm pretty sure it will happen that they that they will make a, a, Spid, a Spider Man, uh, sorry, a, a Spider a Spider Verse movie, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing the two of them in it. But let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below. Is it something you're interested in? Is there is do you think we need a, a live action Spider Verse film? We're of course getting the animated Spider Verse movies. We had the first one with Miles Morales, and um, Into the Spider Verse Two is coming out pretty soon. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on from that, and moving on to uh, the next bit of news, which is. That Black Panther's Letitia Wright is being slammed on Twitter after sharing an anti-COVID vaccine, anti-COVID nineteen vaccine video. So this, this again is, <clears throat> I am not a fan of cancer culture. I've said this before, but as I said in the um, in the article, I, I watched the video and I was actually quite shocked that Letitia Wright shared it in the first place because there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of hearsay in the video. The guy that's in it is um, off off the table, I believe, is the YouTube channel that that posted it. It's it's not something that I really think. Uh, 
um, should be taken. I mean, it sh it's not that it shouldn't be taken seriously. I just don't think it's uh, is something really that. How to put this? Uh, so it's it's kind of. I, I think it's a bit dangerous. That's that's what I'm going to say. I think it's a it's a bit irresponsible of her to have done this um, because she's like she's got what over three hundred thousand, maybe three hundred fifty thousand uh, followers on on Twitter. She's she's get becoming a very well known actress now, a very well known actor, a very good actor as well. She of course plays Sh uh, Shuri in the in the Black Panther movies, well in the Black Panther movie, and she also played her in the um, in the uh, recent Avengers films. But it's like. It's it's just a bit it's a bit upsetting because we're currently in the midst of a global pandemic and I really don't think her sharing this helps. You can go and have a look at the the article on um, on uh, small screen and uh, to have a look for yourselves at what uh, at what people have been saying about this. It's uh, actually has has she kept the tweet up because she might have taken it down. Let's have a look. Yeah, it looks like she's taken the tweet down. Huh, interesting. As far as I can see, it looks like she's taken that tweet down. Hmm. That that says a lot, actually. If she's taken it down, yes, yeah, she has. She's taken it down. So obviously someone spoke to her because it... it uh, <laughs> <laughs> she got very, very, very. Uh, she got a lot of a lot of heat for it, and kind of understandably so. People people were saying that the video shares uh, in the video. People, a lot of people have watched the video that it's uh, that there's stuff in it that's really, really not not on. To be honest, and um, people were quite surprised. And then one 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 of the people that got involved was Don Cheadle, who um, he then. He then uh, t uh, tweeted, or he actually quote tweeted one of her tweets, which I think she's now taken down, and said by Letitia, which I'm a bit like, Ooh, and he's actually since deleted that. But she wrote, "If you don't count, if you don't conform to popular opinion, uh, but ask questions and think for yourself, you get cancelled." That's what she said, and then Don Cheadle uh, took that re uh, quote tweeted that and wrote by Felicia, but that's now been removed. So a lot of stuff is, you know, this this is not a good story for Letitia, for Letitia Wright. It, it really isn't because, it, as I said, it's it's just not very, um, it's dangerous and it's not very responsible. It's, it's irresponsible to, to, of her to do that. I can understand people being a bit um, cautious about the vaccine, about the COVID-19 vaccine, but I think someone in her position really shouldn't, she shouldn't be sharing those kind of videos. Um, it's not helping anybody. People got very upset by it, understandably so. And um, Don Cheadle, for instance, did tweet, uh, did did then tweet about it afterwards, saying, "Jesus just scored through hot garbage." Every time I stopped and listened, he and everything he said sounded crazy and effed up. I would never defend anybody po posting anything like this, but I still won't throw her away over it. The rest I'll take off Twitter. Had no idea. So basically. He he kind of realized he, he he eventually watched the video and realized what it what it really was and was actually quite surprised and shocked that she would um, that she would post that she would repost this uh, post it actually on Twitter to all of her all of her followers. So she's come under a lot of heat today. But again, I really don't like cancel culture. I don't think people should be cancelled for expressing their opinions online. Um, 
to you know that there of course there are certain there are varying degrees of that but it's something that i'm just thinking well you know where do we go from here what what happens with her um this is not good press for her it's not good press for marvel i really hope they can just put this behind them and then move forward because there were rumors of course that she would actually uh, that shuri would be playing well not rumors it was actually said in a recent article on um, the hollywood reporter i believe that she is going to play a much larger role she's going to have a much larger role in black panther 2 so will that will that jeopardize that i hope not fingers crossed i really hope not but you know the question's there so let's let's just see what happens but let me know what you guys think about all of this in the comments below Right, moving on and moving on to Daphne Keene, who played, uh, she played Laura Kinney, otherwise known as X-23 in Logan, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, like definitely top 20 movies of all time. And it's one of my favorite comic books, comic book movies of all time. I think it's, I think it's just fantastic. And she was really good in it. Um, Daphne Keene is, of course, now in His Dark Materials. She's uh, currently doing promotion, like promoting Dark Material, His Dark Materials Season 2, and she was talking to Elle, and during that interview, she actually revealed that there were plans to make an X-23 spin-off movie when uh, 20th Century Fox had the rights to the character. She got, uh, she said, I got told by some people, I'll bring this up actually, I got told by some people at Fox that there might be another one, but this was ages ago when we were filming, and they hadn't contacted me, and they haven't contacted me ever again. I feel like we were just at the beginning. There's more to be told. It's a it, and it's a relay race. I come in. I come into play when they've. I came into play. So I come into play when they've already written and done pre-production and decided on doing the film. So as soon as they say go, I'll happily go wherever, whenever. So she's basically saying she'll be more than happy to do to play X twenty three. So is is Kevin Feige listening? Because of course. X-23 now belongs to Marvel Studios. They're, they've now got the rights to, um, <clears throat> to, to well, put that out now. That, that Now they've got the rights to the character back, which is great news. So what, so what, does, this, what does this mean? Well, basically, it means that obviously 20th Century Fox had a plan in, in mind. They were, they were going to be making this... They wanted to make this X-23 movie, but then the Disney deal happened and Disney, of course, acquired Fox. And that meant that they they couldn't make the movie anymore. But the uh, people, just because Disney acquired Fox doesn't mean that it's like, no, like that the people that were making those movies are no longer part of these films. They actually still are. Fox still exists as 20th Century Studios. So they could... If they have the right script and, you know, if they, if, if they do things properly, they could end up making this film work at least i think so but let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below is this a film that you'd like to see would you like to see um daphne Keene come back and play laura kinney aka x23 let me know your thoughts in the comments below right moving on and moving on to some probably the biggest news of the week i, I genuinely do believe this is the biggest news to have come out in uh, in quite some time but uh it was basically revealed if i can find the article where is it oh, actually is it up here uh it was revealed basically warner brothers came out and revealed that they're releasing all of their 2021 movies in cinemas and on hbo max simultaneously this is this is massive because basically 
it means so that the films that are coming out on HBO Max and uh, and in cinemas at the same time are Dune, The Matrix Four, The Sopranos prequel, um, the many of the which is called The Many Saints of Newark, Godzilla vs King Kong, and the Suicide Squad film. But there are a bunch of other films as well that are coming. Uh, you should uh, check out the list. The list is on uh, on small screen. But they're basically saying that this the reason they're doing this is because of what's been going on and the and the coronavirus situation basically it's kind of put them in a bind are they going to be able to release these films in cinemas possibly not uh what so what what does what does this what does this mean <laughs> so it's basically it's really it's really not it's not it's not an easy thing really uh, as far as people are worried <laughs> That's that's the truth of it. People are worried, especially at Warner Brothers. People are not sure what's going on, so it's just it's just one of those things that we really have to have have to think about. How are we going to continue to get these movies released? How are we going to continue to get these films out? Is it going to be in cinemas or is it going to be streaming? I think cinemas will be looking at this, thinking, "Oh my God, this is not good for us," uh, which is a shame because you know. Ugh, it's just like it's just one of those things it's like really I really do worry about it and um fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed uh they will be able to to sort things out things will be it'll be things will be sorted out we'll be able to kind of have a simultaneous release and cinemas will be okay with that but I really don't see that happening I think it'll just um I think it seems as though people are going to just going to go more and more and more towards streaming or studios will because they can control that and then cinemas will go out of business which is a shame but that seems to be how things work nowadays which is it's unfortunate it's annoying but it's just like it's really one of those things isn't it it's like well I personally, I love the cinema experience. I'd love to just keep cinemas going for as long as possible. But if anything, this coronavirus situation has shown that it might not be the case anymore. We might not be able to do that anymore, which is really upsetting. But it's just, it's just like, it's, it's sad. It, it, is, it is really, really sad. But what else can they do? What Warner Brothers, what really, what else could have Warner Brothers have done? Because it really, I know that there's a vaccine coming out and that's great, but is it going to come out fast enough? Are people going to really want to go to the cinema? Like the minute, the minute these movies come out, are people really going to be like, you know what? Yeah, let, let, let's get, let's go to the cinema. Let's, let's, what, let's watch this movie. No, people are going to be scared. People would rather go and watch these films in the comforts of, well, they'd rather watch these films in the comforts of, of their own home and safety of their own home. Going out at the moment is not, is not a very appealing thing to do for many people i mean a lot of people are desperate to go out and are desperate to see people and have parties and stuff but the the vast majority of people that's not the case for them so what does that mean well that means that warner brothers have thought well the best thing we can do is release them on hbo max that is of course only available in the u.s so that's also a bit worrying for people over here in in like in europe and the uk well, now because Europe and the UK don't seem to be together anymore, but let's not go into that. Um, it's like it's just one. Of, it's one of those things that 
HBO Max is available in the US. How do they do it? Well, I suppose in the UK, they'll probably release this stuff on Sky, which it seems as though that's what they're going to be doing with uh, Wonder Woman 1984. It looks like that will be coming to uh, to Sky in January. Um, but it's, you know, the, all this stuff needs to be worked out. I just, I really just want them to be able to release HBO Max outside of the United States. That would be nice. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But let me know what you guys think about all of this in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to Jared Leto's Joker look. So apparently it seems to have been t revealed what he's going to look like in the movie. So in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And this comes from let's Black Magic Man 90 on Twitter, who was, uh, he quote tweeted a tweet by Daniel Rickman, who is, uh, he's a, a very prominent leaker and like inside source. Uh, and he has, um, he's got a Patreon page and he puts uh, all of his scoops behind a Patreon page. And he said, uh, um, Leto's Joker looks pretty cool in the nightmare scene, basically insinuating that he's already seen that scene and he's seen what Joker looks like in that scene. And then someone, this person again, it, I, I, I can't, I, I mean, I'm not going to be able to validate this person, but it, the, the, it was liked by quite a few people, uh, including Daniel Rickman. I think he liked it as well, which is what kind of got me to think, well, maybe, maybe this is actually something that is valid. But, um, and did he like it? Let's have a look. Uh, no, he doesn't. It looks like he didn't. But a lot of people went with this and saying that this is. Uh, I think I got this actually from we got this covered. Is what they. This is what they used. According to this person, again, this is uh, speculation now. Uh, the Joker is going to have long hair. He's going to be rugged, no tats or capped teeth. So I've actually heard the no tats and the capped teeth stuff before. And rugged kind of goes with what Zack Snyder said in the, I think he said it in the interview with Grace Randolph. He said that he's going to look rather disheveled. It's going to be a different looking Joker. And of course, it kind of makes sense that he would have long hair because we've seen, you know, you can see pictures of, uh, of Jared Leto at the moment. He's still got his long hair. So it looks like he didn't want to cut it, so maybe they just kept it. So it's going to be a really different, different sort of Joker. Interestingly, now I don't, th I have. Uh, you can have a look at um, Jared Leto's Instagram page to see what his current look is, but it doesn't seem as though he dyed his hair either. So, so maybe I mean they might have. I don't know what they've done with this look we're going to have a completely different looking Joker. I'm pretty sure of that. But are you guys excited for this movie? Is this a movie that you're really excited for? Because you know what? I think it's one of the films I'm... The, one of the 2021 kind of event, like mini series movie slash movie things. I'm the, I am really looking forward to the most. And I'm not the biggest fan of some of Zack Snyder's work. Uh, like I, I'm not the biggest fan of Batman versus Superman. I'm, I actually really like Man of Steel. And I really like 300. But I did not like Sucker Punch. I liked his Watchmen, actually. But it's kind of like a love-hate relationship with Zack Snyder. His films, I do find them to be a bit too long, but I think they look incredible. But I am someone, I'm an advocate for a director getting to complete his vision, his or her vision. And uh, and I really, uh, that's the part of this that really excites me, is the idea that he's kind of, he's being let loose. He's untethered. And uh, he's going to be, he's going to get to do everything that he really wanted to do with this movie. And uh, I think that's a good thing, personally. I, I, I think that's something that, well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Fingers crossed uh, it's going to, sorry, I'm just replying to people. It's, uh, finger, fingers crossed it's going to be as good as we all hope it's going to be. And um, I, I've, I'm mildly optimistic, let's say that. But moving on, it's also been revealed 
this is actually by Warner Brothers themselves, that his Justice, the Zack Snyder's Justice League film is going to be coming out in just a few months. So speculation time. When is it going to come out? Well, let's let's uh, read what the uh, I think who, who said this. This was um, uh, da, 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 what's his name? Killer, who's the C, the Jason Killer, Warner Bro- Warner Brothers Pictures CEO, Jason Killer. Uh, he he wrote this actually in a blog recently, which I got via comicbook.com. I'll bring it up for you guys here. So, uh, oh, I didn't realize that you can see a lot of my screen which is not good, uh, right there. So, and on the subject of HBO Max, there are so many amazing HBO original series and HBO um, and Max originals I'm excited about. The Tiger Woods HBO documentary arriving in January is incredible. And this little thing called Zack Snyder's Justice League coming in a few months as well. So a few months, what does that mean? Does that mean three? A few is three, no? Three, four? It's not five. A f- five is... Is more than a few. Five is a lot. So, with this in mind, I was thinking, well, when when could this come out? So you've got January, February, March, April, May. So I think I think it's going to come out in April. I'd like it to come out in March, but I think I'm looking at either eight, like April, April, March, April, May. One of those months. <laughs> but then again, we haven't actually had an official release date yet. So I would think it'd be really amusing if they release it on April first. <laughs> That'd be quite funny. But um, let me know when you guys think this film will be released in the comments below. Are you Again, I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are watching this are really excited for this movie. Um, just also kind of curious. I'm actually really curious about this film because it's never happened before, like in this this way. And uh, and personally, I'm really curious to see how, how it performs and, and what it looks like and what it's all about and, and the differences between... Uh, Snyder's Justice League and Joss Whedon's Justice, Justice League. I'm I'm very very curious about that. Right, moving on and moving on to Mads Mikkelsen. So he, I actually covered this yesterday, really, but I just wanted to reaffirm something that he said in that comment, in that sorry, in that quote, in the entertain in the uh, sorry, the interview with Entertainment Weekly. He actually called Johnny Depp's performance in Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald masterful. So. The exact quote, uh, which I'll get up for you here. So again, I did I did go over this yesterday. Um, oh, you saw all of that. Of course, I didn't. I didn't take my. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he said, "Well, it's going to be me." That's so. Uh, that's the difference. No, uh, this is the tricky part. We're still working at. We're still working it out. There has been a bridge between what Johnny did and what I'm going to do, and at the same time, I also have to make it my own. But also we have to find a few links to the previous version of the character and some bridges so that it doesn't completely detach from what he's already masterfully achieved. Job-wise, it's obviously super interesting and nice. It's also a shocker that it came after what happened, which is super sad. I wish both of them the best. These are sad circumstances. Um, I hope both of them will be back in the saddle again really soon. So the interesting thing there that I, I really like is the fact that he said what Johnny Depp masterfully achieved it is you know he's he's a smoothie isn't he? he's a real smoothie is Mads Mikkelsen he's uh he again I've said this time and time again I think he's really good casting for the role I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with it I know I am going to see this film I'm not boycotting it uh because there are other people involved the you know other than Johnny Depp in this movie uh and I am um, I I would rather support them I'm not necessarily saying support Warner Brothers because I don't think Warner Brothers did the right thing in this case, 
but I also, th- I also, I think Johnny Depp wouldn't want people not to see the film either. I, w- I would hope. I th- I'd hope he'd be the bigger man. But um, let me know what you guys think about all of this. Are you? Do you think Mads Mikkelsen is good casting for the role? Personally, I, I think he's perfect. Um, I've said that in the past as well. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Final bit of film news. So it's being rumored that, and this comes from Daniel Rickman, that Jim Carrey is going to be returning for a Bruce Almighty sequel. So uh, full disclosure, Bruce Almighty, the first film, the, the one that was made in 2003, I used to watch that film on a hard rotation. It was one of my favorite films <laughs> like at that point I remember seeing it in the cinema and I I just loved it I was obsessed with Jim Carrey at the time and, and actually throughout my childhood I, I was a massive fan I, st- I still am a massive fan of Jim Carrey's uh, I was really really happy to see him do so well like in uh, in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie as Dr. Robotnik and I was also happy to see just the amount of love and um, and also just the positivity around his performance in that movie and the fact that people were like, I want to see more of that. And I really do as well. But like, The Mask was one of my favorite films growing up. I used to track down uh, all of his SNL sketches, uh, which is not easy when when you're a kid living in, well, at the time, France. And um, with limited access to internet. I don't even think... It, yeah, I would have had access to internet back, back then. But um, it wasn't easy to find SNL sketches online. I had to say that. But I, I just loved him. I, I thought he was great. I also... I'm a big fan of his early stand-up work. But um, yeah, so according this, according to Daniel Rickman and his sources, um, <clears throat> the Bruce Almighty sequel is happening and they want, so Universal Pictures wants uh, Jim Carrey to come back. But you might be thinking, didn't they already make a Bruce Almighty sequel? Yes and no. They made a spin-off. And they made a spin-off called Evan Almighty and that starred uh, Steve Carell uh, in, as the character that he was in in Bruce Almighty. And it wasn't as good. It was fine, but it was nowhere near as good. It was a take on Noah's Ark. And, uh, but this would be a Bruce Almighty film with Jim Carrey back as Bruce. Um, again, maybe do take this with a pinch of salt, um, a dusting, a sprinkling of salt. Because, it. I mean, I do cover Daniel Rickman's stuff, but he puts a lot of stuff out there. And sometimes I'm a bit like, really? But this one, I mean, may, maybe, why not? You know, the Universal Studios have obviously realized that pe- there is kind of appetite for Jim Carrey content and, and people want to see him back. So I went with it and I think I think it may, it makes some sort of sense. The Bruce Almighty uh, movie is is like looked upon fondly by many, including myself. But what do you guys think about this? Is this a movie you'd like to see? Would you like to see a Bruce Almighty 2? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to uh, Netflix. Well, this is all the TV stuff now. So that's the movie section done. On to TV, the TV section. Uh, Netflix is reportedly considering making the Queen Gambit, the Queen's Gambit 2. Now, this again comes from Daniel Rickman. And this, I really, I, I, I did say this in the article. I, I, I do struggle to believe this one because the Queen's Gambit, it was based on a book um who wrote the book wait okay walter tevis wrote the book and it was kind of like i think as if you've watched the series then you might think well how can they do a season two maybe maybe they can somehow i don't know but it was obviously meant to be a one and done type thing it stars anya taylor joy who's brilliant in it and it's done ridiculously well on netflix it's been watched it was watched in its first um I believe it's first weekend by 62 million households, which is a lot. So it became their, well, it was their fifth largest debut of all time. 
and it was behind Tiger King, The Witcher, Money High Season 4, and Stranger Things Season 3. So it's in very good company. So as far as that's concerned, then it makes sense. It makes sense that they might see this incredible popularity of this show and be like, well, we're going to have to make a second season. We're going to have to figure out a way to make a second season. So to, to that extent, it does make sense. But as far as the story is concerned, well, the story's kind of done. It's like, where will they go after that? I, I Personally, I, have, I really have no idea. But, you know, money money does talk. And uh, <laughs> and um, it, it's done so well. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people would love to see a season two. So if if there's a will, there's a way. And I'm pretty sure... They, you know, they're they're probably thinking and looking at ways they can make a season two. But again, will they do it? I don't. I'm not so sure about that. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving to um, Amazon. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings TV show has added 20 actors to its cast, which is a lot, um, including Selene Henry. Which I saw that and I was a bit like, oh, wow. So uh, a lot of these, uh, I'm not, f I'm going to be honest, I'm not familiar with uh, a lot of the actors apart from Selene Henry um, in, in this list, but I got this from Slash Film. So there's people like Cynthia Adai Robinson, Maxine Baldry, Ian Blackburn, Kip Chapman, Anthony Crum, Maxine Cunliffe, uh, uh, Tristan Gravel, Selene Henry. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that name. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Thusith, Thusith, I can't say that name. Fabian McCullum, Simon Merrills, Jeff Morell, Peter Mullen, Lloyd Owen, Augustus Prue, Peter Tate, Alex Tarrant, Leon Wadham, Benjamin Walker, and Sarah Zvangobani. I'm really sorry. I I, that, that I'm really bad with names. I've said this multiple times on this show. I'm I'm really really sorry. Go go and have a look at the article, and uh, and then you can have a look at the name. The names are listed there, but um, most of these actors so they hail for, a lot of them hail from New Zealand. They are, are New Zealand actors, but however, you have, we have some Sri Lankan actors there, some actors from the United Kingdom, and others from the US. And uh, the showrunners and executive producers J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay had this to say, so I'll bring up their quote. The world that J.R.R. Tolkien created is epic, diverse, and filled with heart. These extraordinarily talented performers hailing from across the globe represent the culmination of a multi-year search to find brilliant and unique artists to bring that world to life anew. The international cast from Am of Amazon's uh, The Lord of the Rings series is more than just an ensemble. It is a family. We are thrilled to, to welcome each of them to Middle Earth. So, of course, you know, they're really pushing the fact that this is an international cast, which is good. Uh, I believe a lot of this, a lot of The Lord of the Rings is being filmed in New Zealand. Um, it's going to be Amazon's biggest show. They're spending a lot of money on this. They already have spent a lot of money just acquiring the rights to Lord of the Rings, which is uh, no mean feat. They're basically seeing this as their Game of Thrones, I think. They want this to be the biggest show uh, on TV, which I'm pretty sure it will be. I'm pretty sure it'll be huge when it comes out. I, I'm very excited to see this show. I think it's going to be fantastic. I will say I'm, I've watched the Lord of the Rings films, but I'm not as big a fan of it as a lot of other people are. I think it's fine. Um, I know that's probably going to uh, get me 
<laughs> people aren't going to be very happy with it, hearing me say that, but it's it, it's I was always more kind of into Star Wars and sci-fi, but I do I do I do like the films and I do rewatch them quite a lot actually, but uh, I think maybe The Hobbit left a bad taste in my mouth actually as far as the Lord of the Rings is concerned. But this I'm I'm really really looking forward to because it's uh, they're not going to let it be bad basically it's going to be epic it's going to be incredible we're gonna we're gonna learn some you know we're we're gonna have some new stars come from this as well which is always really exciting. So I am very much looking forward to this. But let me know what you guys think about this. Let me know if you're looking forward to it. Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to Bat uh, Batwoman Season 2. So the premiere title has teased uh, Kate Kane's disappearance. So if you haven't been... Uh, <laughs> if you didn't watch the first season of Batwoman, maybe you might not know what happened, but I'm pretty sure most people know. Um, Ruby Rose left. So Ruby Rose uh, was playing the lead, uh, Kate Kane, in the first season, and then she ended up leaving. There are lots of reasons why, but she was replaced by um, Javicia Leslie. Again, um, I probably butchered that name. But um, she's now playing the show's lead. She won't be playing Kate Kane. She'll be playing Ryan uh, Wilder. And it was revealed that the, the premiere episode is going to be called what, Whatever Happened to Kate Kane? And this is a bit of a DC Comics trope. Um, that actually stems from Alan Moore's uh, kind of iconic Silver Age story, Whatever Happened to the Man the Man of Tomorrow, which is a Superman comic book, uh, well, series, comic series, which a lot of fans will probably know and love. And then Neil Gaiman did a similar thing with Batman in uh, Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader. And they kind of have a story where you're trying to search. There's a search for the Cape Crusader, Batman and Superman in these stories and then it ends up with finding out why or how they disappeared or where they are and it seems as this is what they're going to be doing so Ryan and her friends are going to be investigating Kate. what, what, what happened to Kate um, fingers crossed this episode will give us a satisfying conclusion to Kate's disappearance and why she's no longer Batwoman and why she's left Gotham but does that mean that Ruby Rose will be involved in this? I don't think so. I think she's pretty much done with this show. Uh, maybe she might come back. Who knows? But as far as the premiere episode is concerned, I'm pretty sure she won't be in it. But um, they'll probably come up with some rather interesting explanation as to why Kate Kane left. Are you guys excited for this? Let me know in the comments below. Right, uh, final thing I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6, otherwise known as um, Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Oh my god, this episode is fantastic. You can go and read uh, my full review over at the site, but I wanted to do a little, um, a little review here. So basically... It kind of is... Uh, it, take, it, it starts off exactly... almost... well not exactly, but it starts off uh, where the last uh, episode ended with um, Mando so uh, Din Djarin and Grogu being uh, searching for going to Tython to find a Jedi temple there so that Grogu could potentially meet a Jedi who might be able to train him because Ahsoka said she couldn't train him she obviously was reminded of Anakin Skywalker so they get to this place Grogu sits on a rock and then the Slave One appears which is um, is Boba Fett's uh, ship and uh, before Jin is able to save Grogu, uh, get him off the rock and bring him back to the Razor Crest, the guy's surrounded by the... <laughs> he's basically surrounded by like a blue force field. And he's clearly... He's either communicating with the Jedi or is kind of beaming out his location. or do, He's doing something with the force. And uh, Jin cannot get to him. Or Din. 
is it Din Jarin? Din Jarin cannot get to him. He kept on, keeps on being pushed out, and then I think he so he sees Boba Fett uh, coming, and then he basically the two of them meet. Uh, there are fi- shots fired, but they end up kind of being able to talk. And there's a stand, there's a standoff between uh, Boba Fett, and then it re- it's revealed that, that Fennec is back. So Fennec uh, Shand, played by I forget her name, so played by Ming Na Wen. I'm sorry if I butchered that. And it's kind of the big return of Boba Fett. That that's that's what really a lot of people I think are going to be talking about. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, who's a fantastic director. I did forget to mention, like, I wanted to put a bit in there about Robert Rodriguez. I probably will. But it's just a brilliant, brilliant episode. It's really well directed. There's a lot of action in it because uh, at one point there are stormtroopers that come to the planet and they start having this incredible battle between, uh, you know, it's Boba Fett and Fennec against all of the stormtroopers because at this point Mando is knocked out. Uh, he's out cold. Uh, thanks to Baby Yoda, actually. Well, Grogu, as we now call him. But uh, it's you just see how, like, this is the first real time we've ever got to see Boba Fett fight, and it is brutal. He he fights it. He he uses his, um, what's the best way to describe it? His staff, I believe, maybe, uh, to just beat up these, these stormtroopers. And you actually end up feeling very sorry for the stormtroopers in it. But you also see Fennec, uh, like at her best, it was revealed that uh, Boba Fett actually saved her after this was in season one, where you did see that it, it turns out that the leg that we saw in season one at the end of the episode where Fennec was introduced uh, was Boba Fett. So she's kind of got some like mechanical, I don't know, stomach or something going on there. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much of it. I'll basically end, end it. Basically, we find out that Boba Fett was tracking Mando because he wanted his uh, his Mandalorian armor back um, that belonged to his father, Django. And uh, they end up striking a deal where Mando says, okay, well, you can have your... You can, you can have your... Um, <laughs> what's the word? Your armor back, sorry. And, uh, uh, but in return, help me protect the child. And he's a. We find out that Boba is a man of his word. Boba Fett is a man of his word, which I'm. I'm really, really happy about that. I'm really happy of the characterization of Boba Fett, because we don't. Again, he's not a character that we really know that much about, as in Star Wars canon. That is, there are of course other expanded things going on, but they're no longer canon. So I like the fact that it's it's shown that he's a man of honor and he's. Um, you know, also I just love the fact that you get to see uh, him back in the suit, in in the armor, um, to uh, Maria Morrison back in the armor, and he's you know he's got a bit of extra weight, but you know he would. Uh, he's got some battle scars. With, he's just it's just super super cool. And um, these episodes are just getting better and better and better. And there are some bits at the end with uh, Grand Moff uh, Gideon, which are pretty interesting, and some dark troopers come into it. But it's just. I would say this is probably like the coolest, but also the most heartbreaking episode of the show. Uh, I won't go into why. I really want to keep spoilers to a minimum because, um, I mean, you can probably guess why. But something happens which is pretty heartbreaking. And um, let's just say Grogu gives a fantastic performance in this episode. Uh, So, yeah, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Really, really just sensational stuff. And gets me very, very excited for the next episode, which is coming. I believe it is coming out next week. I cannot wait for it. I would say the one thing I did say is that it's, the episode is too short. 
it comes in at about 30 minutes if like if you take off the the credits which are really long by the way um which is too short I, I liked the fact that the first couple of episodes were a bit longer but now it seems as though they're going back at least this episode is is, is going back to like a shorter format i really don't like the 30 minute long episode because it, it's weekly i'd rather have it be longer if if they released it all at once and they'd be 30 minutes each then i'd be fine with that but in this day and age that we live in if it's going to be weekly i think you need to make them longer uh, I love the fact that it's that this episode is brighter than the other episodes, just um, like visually, uh, because it all takes place in, out in the open. I do think one of the problems with The Mandalorian that I have is I think the show's too dark, like it's visually too dark. Often I, I struggle to see what's going on. Uh, that, that was actually slightly the case with last week's episode, although there was a reason for that. You know, it's set in a, on a dark planet and it kind of made it, it's, it gave it a, a, a kind of dark tone, which I did like, I did enjoy. But there were some episodes, especially in season one, that were just too dark. You can barely see anything that was going on. And, and I'm glad to see that Robert Rodriguez decided to shoot it in broad daylight. I liked that. Uh, I, I thought this was one of the best episodes. Um, but then again, I've been saying that about every single episode this season. Maybe the least, the one that wasn't as good in retrospect is probably the one with the spiders. Um, but I really loved the first episode. I thought the premiere was brilliant. That was John Favreau that did that. I thought uh, Dave Filoni's episode was terrific as well. And this episode has been really, really good. There was another episode. If this is the sixth episode, which uh, it's escaping me, probably that one's the worst one then because I can't remember it. But let me know what you guys think about The Mandalorian. Have you been enjoying this new season of The Mandalorian? Let me know in the comments below. And with that, I'll say good night. Thank you so much for watching. Um, if you like or don't like watching live streams don't like watching videos would rather have this in audio form which i'm a big podcast fan by the way uh, you can find this as a podcast it's at small screen stories you can get that wherever you get your podcasts if you're listening on apple Podcasts, then a five star rating will be very very welcome uh, you can follow small screen everywhere at small screen gb that's at, uh, on facebook instagram and twitter you can li like and subscribe on youtube that'd be really great if you could do that uh, you can also like and share the video on uh, on facebook and do whatever you guys are doing on twitch i am streaming on twitch i think and um, you can follow me at EJ Lauder on Twitter. You can go and read the site, which is at small-screen.co.uk. Thank you so, so much for watching, everyone. And have a lovely, lovely weekend. I'll see you next week on Monday. Thanks, guys, and goodbye.